moving through the Pacific, passing through Hawaii, and smashing through the Golden Gate Bridge. It's Godzilla 2014. That was your Godzilla roar. Well, you know, it was like if Manila was in this universe, this is what he would sound like. Oh, yes. That's good. (laughs) Welcome back, everybody, to Monsters vs. Men, where we're still trying our best to stay alive here at the bargain basement of podcasts. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing all right. You know, I left work 30 minutes early today, and it was a beautiful thing. What about yourself? Yes. No, I'm good. I'm good. Just as a reintroduction, I am Eric. I am the film snob, as I've become known on the internet. <laughs> and Alex, Alex, who are you? You, you are, you, you were supposed to be the expert coming into this thing, and we just find out you're really just a fanboy. Would you say that's true? Uh, I don't know. Fa- fa- that's kind of derogatory already. Um, <laughs> no, I would say I would say I'm a Godzilla fan, but fanboy. I think that would imply that I like all Godzilla movies, which we have gone mm. over. There are several that... Marvel fanboy, Godzilla fan. No. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it could be possible. But no, yeah, I'm I'm the Godzilla fan, but I'm not the super fan. Because, you know, I've mentioned several episodes before, but I'm going to keep mentioning it. Twitter has just consistently knocked down my ego in regards to how much I like this series. Like, (laughs) I'm completely... We're basically... Nobody <laughs> thing is what we're trying to say, Alex. We're nobodies, but we thank you for listening. You know what's funny is I think I, I want to be honest with our listeners, yeah. Alex. This is the second time that we're recording this episode, <laughs> and, it, and I think it's awesome. Yeah, well, yeah. It's not because we lost the other episode either. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You texted me today randomly. You know, we started we recorded this last night, but today you texted me. And you asked me if I wanted to re-record, and I thought that was hilarious because I've been thinking all day, that last recording, it just wasn't our best work. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. And this is I, the first time. Pleased. Yeah, I wasn't either. I, this is the first time that we've gone back to re-record. So, oh, yeah. This is- I mean, we've had audio issues before. <laughs> <laughs> we've had We've had interruptions. But we just, we both felt like we needed to re-record. You know, I figured it was probably just the fact that I annihilated you so badly mm. in the last last episode, our last recording, that you just couldn't take it. Yeah, Eric was pretty hurtful throughout the last episode, and <laughs> I was not in a mental capacity to re- retaliate whatsoever. So, or it, honestly, it might have been it might have been the fact that I was worried about Cece's life by the end of that episode. Oh yeah, but. there were several uh, Cranston killing his wife um, comments on my References. end. That yeah, it got it got concerning. Maybe <laughs> man, we're really teasing out our last recording. Maybe we have to save this one as a bonus we're, for some point, Alex. Yeah, we're hi- we're hyping up an episode that nobody will probably ever hear, or if they do hear, it's actually subpar overall without a few things. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But honestly, though, I, I'm excited uh, to re-record this because, you know, I was actually thinking, what was the issue with my last episode, our last episode? My, my On my end, I think it had to do with the fact that I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. What? And I'm over that now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm over that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe including yours. I just, I, I, I'm not... 
I'm not going to pull my punches here is what I'm trying to say. I don't think you pulled your punches in the other recording, so it'll be interesting to <laughs> you see. May th- you may think differently at the end of this episode. Oh, Alex, so. boy. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we are coming to the end of our Godzilla series, and that's honestly pretty crazy, Alex. Yeah. This is like episode 37 or something like that. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is, and, but we're not going to be done with Godzilla we're not going to be done with Godzilla. I think we're going to come back to it in various ways. Sure, we're not going to have an episode centered around it, at least for a while. But uh, I think we'll have plenty of mentions uh, with it. And obviously, we'll still probably be creating content in some sort of way, I think. Yeah. Um, hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> at Godzilla. Um But next series is Gamera, actually. And mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but I would love to get some feedback from our listeners. So if you listen, if you've listened once, twice to all the episodes, honestly, we'd like to know what you liked, what you didn't like. That will help us shape our Gamera series to make it something that not only we enjoy, but that hopefully the listener enjoys as well. So if you have that feedback for us, mvmpod at gmail.com, send us anything you got. We'd love to hear it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm excited for our next series. I'm just... It's going to be good because we're both going to be newbies to it, pretty much. You've you've seen more Gamera films than I I've have. I've seen four Gamera films. I've seen one, the first one. So it's, that's going to be interesting, <laughs> I, and I'm excited. I'm excited to dive in. I know some of them get pretty bad, campy. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of a nice way to say bad. Oh, okay. Yeah, campy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not that campy is bad. Of course, we might like it. Who knows? We haven't seen it yet, so we might love it. Because remember, yeah. I set up. We, I remember long ago, Eric. I set up King uh-huh. Kong versus Godzilla to be awful. Yeah, and you it, did. it's really high up there for us. So you did. I've been think. I've been thinking about that movie this week, man. That's King Kong versus Godzilla. Is still. It's just this underrated. It's a treasure gem of a kaiju movie. It really is. It really dude. is. <laughs> it's awesome, <laughs> but. That's not what we're here to talk about. We could talk about it a lot longer. We're here to talk about Godzilla 2014. So let's get into it. Coming off his independent monster movie hit, Monsters, Gareth Edwards takes the helm of the second American-produced Godzilla film. Hoping to be more faithful to the franchise, Edwards incorporates a Godzilla that acts as a balancing force of nature, acting in favor of humanity in the face of the threat of a new species to the franchise, the Mudo. But as I asked last week, Alex, in this first Godzilla film from Legendary, do the results leave you merry, wary, or just a little hairy? Uh, well, <laughs> hair, I think Harry is going to be reserved for uh, Godzilla versus King Kong. But overall, <laughs> though, I think the results are, are for me, they're pretty merry if I had to choose out of those three. But I think the film is a successful tonal piece for the most part it definitely falters uh here and there for me but anytime the movie is in a nighttime scene it really does feel like it's firing on all cylinders whether it's godzilla or the mudos attacking uh brody who just has you know what his luck is almost the equivalent to you remember that kid from uh godzilla versus megagirus that we said has just the worst yeah. luck this is him like like this is him grown up and he just has the worst <laughs> luck 
Well, he's always in the right place at the right wrong time, right. too. Yeah. Just like the kid from Mega Gear. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, Godzilla franchise has a storied history of uh... – <laughs> of, of PTSD children. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I actually do think the tone is pretty consistent, actually, which – I know already that you disagree with this, but one thing I did notice is that the film delivers several of the coolest moments that we've seen in the Godzilla film. Uh, all of Hawaii and San Francisco are just really great. And I think this is, uh, one the, the highlight of Hawaii early on, especially is the first spotting of Godzilla where they fire the flares mm-hmm. up and you just see mm-hmm. the flares don't even go up toward high enough to see his head. That's that's how tall yeah, this guy yeah. is. It's so cool. And then the airport battle was cool. The bomb delivery mm-hmm. on the train where uh, uh, Ford encounters the Mudo is a pretty tense moment that I really enjoyed, even if it may not make a whole lot of sense. And then I also like the <laughs> halo jump that goes into that. Yes. Well, I was talking about that final battle in San Francisco. There's a lot mm-hmm. to like about this movie. And I know that some listeners have and. Maybe you. Well, I know you do. <laughs> Some listeners have a problem with probably two of the biggest factors, I think, of this film. That's probably the main character and not, not enough Godzilla, which I actually didn't have a problem with either one of those things. What about you? So overall, Alex, I'm conflicted here. I wanted to love this movie, but ultimately, I think you can say I feel a little bit hairy about it. Because I just don't. I don't love this movie. I don't really like it. And I hope you tear my criticisms to shred, Alex, because I know tons of tons of fans like this one, but there's just something about it that doesn't quite sit right with me. And it might just be, be that I'm becoming a Godzilla elitist, Alex. Is this possible at this point? It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> but let, let me start on a positive note here. I, I think Gareth Edwards does a good job with the effects and the camera work despite what I would call a poor script. Um, I also think Edwards gets the most out of all the actors. From Juliette Binoche, one of my favorite actresses, to Aaron Taylor Johnson, who I know some don't like, Edwards brings the best out of all the actors. The problem, and to me it's a big problem, is the script, and that includes the pacing and the tone of the movie. But before I get more into that, did, do you agree with me with the performance with the performances? Well, yeah, I, I, did any stand out? I mean, you have to give shout outs to Cranston and Benoche. They for mm-hmm. being on camera for so little and us media, immediately caring for them. That says a lot about yeah. their acting and actually the writing for them, which kind of leads me to be a, wonder why uh, Ford didn't get that kind of writing because he's not a bad actor. I've seen him in several things mm-hmm. where he's actually really good and he's not bad in this. I think he's actually yeah, no, pretty, he's I think he's actually solid. He's not great, but he, he, he serves his role well in what he's doing just perfectly fine. But he just, he's not on this pedestal that those two really bring at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So it, it is a little disarming when both of those characters die relatively early on. But sometimes I wonder, like, is my my missing them? Is that because I'm attached to those actors, or is it mm-hmm. because something more like it's an expectation? Like the script wanted me to feel that way. I, I don't know if it's the movie's delivery mm-hmm. of it, or whether I just expect actors of that caliber to stick around for the movie. So that's not mm-hmm. something I've quite cleared up in my mind yet. Gotcha. Well, to me. I understand that to me, it's not necessarily 
or it wasn't for me necessarily a, I, I expected to see these actors in it more. To me, it's an emotional manipulation. And let me explain for a second. The first 20 minutes of this film, as you were saying, Cranston, Binoche, they make us care immediately about them Mm -hmm. as characters. I was invested on an emotional level. Um, And his brutal scene where he makes the correct but extremely impossible decision Mm -hmm. to close the door on his wife. Yeah, I I was emotionally invested there. And it made us emotionally invested in him as a character. I bought it. And I thought, this is the setup that we need for an interesting human story within a Godzilla film. Hmm. But no. 45 minutes later, we kill off the character we had just emotionally invested in, (laughs) Joseph Brody. And for what reason? Is it to further the development of his son, Ford? No. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't work because he doesn't develop after the first 45 minutes. Ford only develops in his relationship that he has with his father which is done after the first 45 minutes and his father dies. Um, One interesting point of comparison, though, and I will give the film some credit because this is interesting. I I think there's there's a comparison to be made between the original Brody family unit, which loses its its mother, and the new Brody family, which finds its mother, Elizabeth Olsen, at the end. Um, I just wish we had more time to spend with that new family unit, tying it back to the old family unit, just a little bit more to have a little bit more of that human connection. Yeah, I think you're actually right. I think you make a pretty good point about Brody's development halting once uh, Cranston's character dies, once his dad dies. Uh, it, It definitely halts and it becomes more about us finding out small details about his character. So, like, we see how he treats that kid and that he's willing to go around even if he misses his flight in Hawaii, which says a lot about yeah. his character. And I really like I like these moments, but they're not really growth as much as we're just being revealed more depth to the character, which isn't necessary. Like, I found it interesting, but I could totally see it not being interesting because we're not we're not seeing him change throughout the 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 uh, the film. But there is a particular moment I did want to highlight about Ford's character is that. His excitement mm-hmm. when he talks about bombs is really interesting. I really like that. Like he's kind of a, I want a romantic or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. No, but he. I don't want to say he's flat, but he's he's stoic. I guess he's pretty stoic mm-hmm. throughout the film. But when there's bombs involved in the conversation, he perks up, and I I, yeah. I like that small little detail to his character. I like that. I like that. In general, I yeah, I don't think his performance is bad. I just think there's not much done really with the character. Yeah. Um, but you know. To further my point, I don't think that this film really knows what it's doing in terms of tone. I got to be honest. I didn't love the Godzilla design. I think the CGI, if I'm being honest, is fantastic. Uh, For 2014, this is amazing CGI. That was only, Mm -hmm. what, six years ago? It looks like it could have been released yesterday. It was actually six years Um, ago today, apparently, from what I saw online today. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, and it looks like it could have been released yesterday. It really oh, does. Yeah. Um, and I also I don't buy that criticism that you mentioned earlier that Godzilla isn't in this film enough. That's just not true. I agree. Um, for me, though, for me, this film just isn't sure what it wants Godzilla to be. Doesn't want Godzilla to be an unstoppable force of nature, more similar to what we see in Shin or Gojira, or does it want it to be this anthropomorphic fighting alongside the humans to destroy the the Muto? 
it, it can't quite make up its mind. You know, there's that moment, that head nod moment between Ford and Godzilla where I'm just like, really? <laughs> I, it, I don't know what this film, at the end of the day, I don't know what this film is trying to say. Is there a message here? Is there any sort of critique of humanity or is it just mm. a more of a hollow spectacle? And to be fair, I, I don't have a problem with hollow spectacles overall. Um, I enjoy plenty of those types of movies, but my absolute favorite Godzilla movies are spectacles that know and have something. They know what they want to say and they have something they want to say and they delivered those goods as well. Hmm. Yeah. I think you might have a hard time pulling a lot of <laughs> intellectual goodies out of this one. I see some of the, th- they have lines like from Sirozawa and a few other individuals that really kind of hit on Godzilla themes but they're not. We, they don't stick with us. They're quickly mm-hmm. brushed aside. To and we watch the story go along. So it's just like these little inserts of like dialogue. Like, hey, this could be a thing, but it, it's kind of not really, <laughs> right? I, I will say. I will say, Alex. I will say. It's not necessarily that I need the most like heavy Godzilla film because you know I think a, a lighter film. That you know, many people enjoy. I mean, I enjoy Ebra Horror of the Deep. <laughs> I think it's one of the yeah. most fun Godzilla films, and I think it has a consistently comical tone and lightheartedness to it that makes me enjoy it on a different level. Hmm. For me, though, it's just this film doesn't quite know if it wants to be fun and lighthearted, which it is at times. If it wants to be campy, which it is at times, or if it wants to try to be this serious piece which it tries to be at sometimes but never for me Hmm. lives up to that promise yeah see i never i never had the feeling that this film was ever really that Mm lighthearted. uh but because but then again i kind of disagree with you about how the film manages its tones i think it's a fun ride with some pretty good moments uh again i mentioned hawaii and san francisco really are pretty cool and i actually really like how the mutos are used in the film Mm. I know that a lot of people are kind of underwhelmed by the design of the Mudos because they're more insect-like. And I think it's really because they lack this ridiculous amount of personality that's found in a lot of the original Japanese creations. You know, like a lot of them, you just see mm-hmm. them and you're like, okay, that's pretty fun, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you see you see the Mudo and it's a, a little less interesting. But I think for this movie, they actually work really well. They are insect-like, but their abilities mean that modern-day weapons and tools are essentially useless. I really like that. And I, I, mm. They're so difficult to fight. The military has to come up with a manual nuke <laughs> to use against them. <laughs> I really like that about them. And they even lead to some really... They, the battle that they're, they participate in with Godzilla is pretty cool. I like the flying Muto especially. Especially... We haven't really mentioned this, but when he dive bombs the ship from mm, overhead, mm-hmm. that is such a cool moment. <laughs> like, yeah. And you really feel the size. Like, you really see how big this thing is when it dives on, mm-hmm. dives on that ship. I think it's really cool. And, you know, speaking of design, I'll get back to a question you asked me. I actually like Godzilla's design as well. Uh, okay. I like that this franchise has as a whole has just so many designs for this one character. I like the fact that we have iguana Godzilla <laughs> in the past, even if I hate it, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that that is even an option for some reason, mm-hmm. but 
it, I think it just shows Godzilla's design is open to interpretation and really fits the movie that the director wants him to be in. So we saw that to the nth degree with the Reiro legendary era so far, I think. So we've got three insanely different takes that each fit perfectly <laughs> well within the movie that the director wanted to take the creature. Like we, we saw Hideaki Anno's interpretation of Shin Godzilla, how frightening and terrifying it is and monolithic and almost unmoving the way it is. Mm-hmm. And then we got the last three of the anime trilogy where you get the mountain-sized Godzilla that is just un, unbeatable and he pretty much made of metal. And it's just really cool that now we get this remote, the most realistic Godzilla we've seen yet. And we get really, the Mutos are kind of representation of how realistic an enemy might be that he would fight. I really like that. And I like how they make Godzilla able to move so quick. It makes his battles with the Mutos really interesting. And he's really emotive during the whole thing. And it almost makes him relatable in a way. I think that fight sequence with him and the Mutos is just so fun because of his design and how much they let him use his arms and legs and everything. I just really like that, especially the tail whip. I mean, the tail whip was just so awesome. The tail whip is awesome. (laughs) No, honestly, I think the battle was cool. I really do. Like, I think you have that final moment also where, you know, the atomic breath into the Muto mouth to destroy it. It reminded me, of Godzilla's finishing blow to Orga Ooh, in Godzilla 2000. The kiss of death. Uh, you also, yes, <laughs> and you also had the um, just the initial time when Godzilla used his atomic breath where you just see his spine start to light up. Oh, it's uh, so that's, cool. That's an amazing effect. <laughs> oh, yeah, so it's super cool. cool. For sure. Now, there's awesome visuals and some really cool moments here. Um, one final gripe here, Alex, before I promise... I'll stay positive here in our awards. Okay. One final sure. little gripe is, uh, I and this goes back to, for me, just like the sort of tone that we're trying to create or that Edwards is trying to create. When Godzilla comes ashore, he creates a tidal wave, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's a really cool idea. It's a cool moment uh, that we get this tidal wave and we see a panic. But Edwards also finds it necessary to take the time to show us a specific little girl and a specific dog that both conveniently survived this attack. That to me, it takes away from the impact of this attack. Hmm. I think it would be more interesting to explore the complexity of that. Yes, Godzilla ultimately is helping humanity out. Not in his own like purely selfless way, right? He has a reason for it. But Godzilla is helping humanity out, but Godzilla is also causing massive amounts of destruction, Mm. despite the fact that he's helping humanity. But because you give us those little emotional connection points, that little girl, that family, the, uh, the dog, those little emotional connection points take away from like the horror of what's actually happening Hmm. uh, because we see them. Okay. So like that's that's something I just wish the film could have let go of. It's a it's a Hollywood trope that we see time and time again. Yeah. Uh and I it just it doesn't feel it feels hollow to me. Hmm. Yeah. I can see what you're saying. I mean, it does show people dying in the background, but you're right. It does stick with the two people that 
we assume survive. I mean, that glass is starting to crack pretty quick. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> um, it does. You know, I, you know, I just want to give you a little teaser for next episode, Eric. But uh-huh. some of your okay. complaints, I didn't really realize it, are actually kind of answered in a way in the next film. So hmm. now, whether you, I, I still, I, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I don't think you'll like the next movie, but. A lot of your que- a lot of your problems are actually answered uh-huh. in some ways. Yeah, that's really mm-hmm. interesting. All right. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to it without a doubt. But without further ado, I think it's time to enter Monsterpiece Theater. Are you ready, Alex? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm really curious if you know this one because uh, it just it's is really pretty random. Okay, uh, it's probably our hardest one yet, and. To be fair, what we usually do is we take a, a scene from Godzilla. It could be any of the films that we've talked about so far. We take a random scene, we butcher it, and then we <laughs> ask you to give us feedback. MVMPod at gmail.com. Send us a direct message on Twitter. Um, send us a feedback. Let us know what movie this is from. And usually you win a prize, a monster piece by the one and only Theo. Now, unfortunately, we're back ordered due to something small called the coronavirus. Alex, I don't know if you've caught on to this yet. No, but. Oh, no. I, I, you know, I don't watch the news, so I don't know what that is. <laughs> but we're, we're on back order right now. So right now you get the love in our hearts <laughs> <laughs> and a great conversation. I, I'm honestly the pride of getting to know this one. Last time we had about eight people get to us, Alex, and only two people got it right wow. so i'm wondering if this one's even harder yeah the last one i didn't i didn't get i saw someone else's and i was like oh yeah i remember where that was at now we'll see here's the thing it was from son of godzilla yes son of godzilla one of probably the the one of your favorite lesser watched godzilla films so <laughs> one of your top your top five i think oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh well why don't we <laughs> why don't we start this scene alex you have the first line and action I want to go to sleep. Stay awake. I'll get you a bonus. Can't you do it alone? Look, water is leaking here too. This is strange. Shall we dig here? (laughs) This will be hard. Right, right. Are you going to dig all the streets? It's impossible. That's our job. Oh no, not my hair. (laughs) Why do you get mad about your hair? And... Scene. Did you like that I tried to change my voice for most of the while? Oh, Alex. <laughs> it doesn't, you always try to, it always ends up changing to like the southern accent no matter what. <laughs> sure, it definitely does. Um, uh, I can't help myself. <laughs> Without further ado, if you know those, if you know the, the answer to that, if you know the movie we just butchered, you can email that to us, mvmpod at gmail.com. Or send us a message on Twitter at MVM underscore pod. Alex, yeah. why don't you start us off, though, with our awards? Who do you have for your coolest character award? Yeah, I think I got to go with Heisenberg himself. Uh, Brian <laughs> Cranston's character. Oh, golly. Joseph. Yeah, Joseph. I wanted to call him Henry for so Henry Ford. <laughs> <laughs> no. Which is a mixture of two names. Ford, bro. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so... He is. I think he's. We can't get. We can't get the English names right. It just goes to show you we never get the Japanese names right, Alex. It's okay. It's all right. So I think he's immediately interesting, and even though Cranston is cut out of the movie a little too early, like I feel like 
I didn't mention this earlier, but I feel like his death scene really could have hit home a lot harder. And the fact that they Mm -hmm. pretty much cut to him being in a body bag was really lame. Even though that happens, I think his character is really interesting. And his him having to close the door on his wife is a particularly powerful moment. And just seeing the buildup and showing how much he and his wife uh, get along and their relationship really makes you feel for this character. And the fact that he can kill his wife (laughs) is pretty... In an important moment, it was either it do is. that or save everybody. But he still killed her yeah, when he had I mean, to. So he made the right. De- he made the decision he had to made. Yeah. make. But it was extremely tough. Yeah, kudos to him. <laughs> kudos for <laughs> killing your wife. Oh, I didn't say that. Uh, I didn't say that. <laughs> well, you implied it. Well, it's okay. All right, Eric. All right. What, what's your favorite <laughs> character? <laughs> Mine uh, is Doctor Ishiro Sarazawa who we actually haven't mentioned yet, which I think is actually, there's a reason for that, Alex. I wish he was in the movie more. Yes. And he just isn't. I know. There's not much to talk about with Sarazawa. Um, but I love the sense of wonder that he has about his work. Um, there's that moment where he specifically puts himself in harm's way because he just can't help himself. <laughs> he wants to witness Godzilla with his own yes. eyes. And that sense of wonder that he brings I love it. It harkens back to the Sarazawa of old and also, mm-hmm. you know, his principles as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like the character. I just wish we had more of them. But as I said, I'm keeping it positive, Alex. I'm keeping it yeah, positive. Yeah, it did, it did feel like a pretty great, uh, I guess, interpretation of Sarazawa. It does feel like his principles are intact without, even though he doesn't kill Godzilla or anything like that. But I don't think that was mm-hmm. one of the original Sirozawa's principles. So, I don't know. I really like him. But what about your most memorable line, Eric? So, speaking of Sirozawa, it's the moment where he responds to being questioned about letting Godzilla fight the Mudo. He says, The arrogance of men is thinking nature is in our control and not the other way around. Let them fight. Uh, (laughs) I think that's an awesome idea right this it's, it's that man versus nature classical conflict that of course i talk about as an english teacher in my classes and i think is explored in many godzilla films it's not really explored here that much i don't really think hmm. but uh i like that idea even if it is a background well, uh, you idea. know what about you you just said yeah. that line and i i, I mean uh-huh. i'm probably digging for a little bit of meaning here but you know, that line, it really is this movie encapsulated. I mean, the human, humanity does everything it can through the entire film to do anything. And they can't stop mm-hmm. anything. They can't stop the Mudo. They can't stop Godzilla. So it, it, it is. I mean, Sirius was right. You just have to resign yourself to letting nature essentially take control. And mm-hmm. he's right. So I, I do think that that's a pretty interesting theme of the film. But it's not the deep meaning that maybe the last four films have maybe conditioned us to like look for. <laughs> maybe that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what about your uh, most memorable line? Uh, mine was a random military man. Uh, he says, megatons, not kilotons. Nothing can survive that blast. Makes a bomb from 54. Look like a firecracker. <laughs> and that's in regards to their, why? Cause I was wondering like, okay, they're going to use a nuke to kill Godzilla. Didn't they just try that in the credits at the very beginning of this movie? Mm-hmm. And it really explained, like, oh, like, <laughs> this is this isn't just a nuke. This is a way, 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 way bigger nuke that he says the blast will kill both of them, which I'm like, mm, mm-hmm. possible. 
I don't know. <laughs> but I did like that. It, it did dis, uh, dissuade one of my uh, complaints about the film. Nice. Yeah. What about your uh, can't believe that acting award? You know, it, it has to go back to Brian Cranston's delivery when he's having to close the door on his wife. It, it, he, he just conveys so much anger and sadness while he like, does that scream right before he slams mm-hmm. the door shut. You know, you really, you really feel it. And then, like, it really cuts you even more when it turns out she shows up at the door. And, you know, he has yeah. to say his goodbye before the door manually or automatically shuts between them. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Now, my wife watched this movie with me or started to watch this movie with me, Alex. Yeah. And she was emotionally invested, too, after that moment. But then fell asleep after about 45 minutes. So <laughs> there's that. She falls asleep in a lot, though, so I actually don't hold that against the film. <laughs> but I actually think the best performance in the movie goes to Elizabeth Olsen. Um, I don't like all the lines that she's asked to perform, but she delivers the emotion, specifically the fear and anxiety of a wife who doesn't know whether her husband is safe mm-hmm. or not. You know, she leaves that voicemail for Ford um, when she hadn't heard from him. And I was just so impressed by her delivery there because it's hard to deliver that monologue when you have no other actor to bounce off of. And she does it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, can't believe that acting Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah. She's a pretty great actress just in general. Anything I see her in, I like yeah. her in, especially when it's a Marvel oh, movie, sure. Eric. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about your uh, standout effect? It's the Godzilla reveal. You mentioned it before, but when those flares go up and they don't even reach Godzilla's face, <laughs> and we just see the segment of Godzilla. It's really cool that we get that moment and we know this is just a small part of the whole. Uh, it's so eerie. Um, and we hadn't seen Godzilla up until that point, And I loved it. I thought that was great. Uh, a great slow build to the character. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I mean, if, if you hadn't picked that moment, I was going to, but both of my favorites in the film, favorite moments in the film involve flares. So I'm going to go with the halo jump instead, which is at the end of the film when they, they go, uh, they do the halo jump over San Francisco during the final battle, which is just so cool. And I love the reasoning for it. You know, that you can't be within three miles of this. So we're just going to the upper stratosphere and drop you. (laughs) Like, pretty cool. And it's got that haunting music just playing throughout the entire scene with those, like, almost uh, Gregorian uh, voices that are just Mm kind of horrifying and eerie in a way. And that whole fall down is just so cool. You know, they fall between these two layers of clouds at one point as the storm rolls in from, like, the left side of the screen. It, it, the mm-hmm. whole thing, it's just so cool. And then when you see San Francisco burning while they're falling towards it, I just, yeah, you know, I said I loved all the San Francisco stuff, and I really do. It's pretty great. Nice. What about your, uh, oh, that's a good shot award? You know, I already mentioned the halo of uh, the halo scenes. I'm not going to use that for my good shot because it really is. But mm-hmm. there's another moment in the film where the lights are coming on. And you see Ford, he's sitting with the kid that he's going to take back to his parents. And the lights are all off because the movie would shut it down with an EMP. Well, as the lights start to roll back on throughout the airport and the tram system, you slowly get these lights lighting up. And you just see this giant Muto suddenly get lit up. 
right behind them, and it's pretty cool. Like, but it's not like a jump lighting. It's like this, like pretty s- relatively slow reveal that he's just right there behind them where nobody knows. I just, I just mm-hmm. like the re- the way that that reveal plays out. Maybe not a great oh, shot, yeah. but I do like the way the reveal. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. You you mentioned the airport scene, and that's my oh, that's a good shot award. And you know, we see that large crowd gathered in mm-hmm. the terminal at night with those huge windows to the outside battle where we get the Mudo on the left-hand side. And then the camera slowly pans over as the planes just start exploding one after the other. (laughs) And then we don't see Godzilla. We just see Godzilla's foot on the far right side of the screen. It's all just one little take there. Mm -hmm. It's just a fantastic effect and a fantastic shot. Yeah. That, that chain reaction plane is just so cool. So cool. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now, I guess that brings us to our rating and ranking. And Eric, I want to hear what you have to say about this film first. I want you to bring everybody down while I bring us back up again. Yeah, good. <laughs> so you can be the good guy. I see how it is. Yeah, you're a bad cop. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I said, I wanted to like this movie. I did. But I just don't. You know, maybe as, as this series has progressed, Alex, I started out as a noob. But could it be that I am now a gatekeeper? I don't know. What has the world come to? <laughs> but in, in general, I'm seriously, I'm just joking about those. You know, my cam- complaints with this movie, they just outweigh my praise a little bit. But anyone yeah. that wants to love this movie, I understand why. Um, but for me, it point blank emotionally manipulated me as an audience member, as a viewer. It sets up that character, the main character, Joseph Brody, played by Brian Cranston, (laughs) who we are forced to invest in emotionally after the first 15 minutes, only to proceed to mishandle that character halfway through the film without a real purpose. Yeah, And, you know, call me crazy, but the Godzilla design, I just didn't know what it wanted to do. Did it want to be a force of nature or did it want to be anthropomorphic? It couldn't make up its mind. Also, I wish we had more time with the scientist and maybe more time with the military personnel because as it stands, they felt more like caricatures than people Hmm. with only a few moments, I can't talk today, a few moments to try and humanize them. Um, Lastly, I just overall don't think the film knows what it wants to be tonally. It's either too serious or too campy or too tame to make up its mind. Hmm. So to summarize, I think it feels kind of like a hollow shell of a Godzilla movie. I give it a 2.5 out of five, Alex. You lowered it since last time. (laughs) (laughs) I lowered it. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Oh, wow. What about you, man? Uh, No, I actually enjoyed this movie quite a bit. Now I'm not sure if it's in my top 10 or not, but, I really did enjoy it. Like, especially, you know, I mentioned earlier, I really like the nighttime scenes. They really do shine. And it's when I think Gareth Edwards really fires on all cylinders. He really conveys his tone and his mood and like kind of the horror of a normal sized person confronting these like monstrosities. I think he does a really good job of that. Now I do think some of the daytime scenes kind of lose me a little bit, but I don't feel that they drag it down that much for me. Between Hawaii and the and San Francisco, and I think Brody's uh, or sorry, I think Ford's 
character, he kind of keeps me invested just enough. And I like the way they mm-hmm. tease Godzilla almost like he's Jaws, you know? Like, you get the, you don't get, you get an appetizer, but you really don't get the full entree and dessert until the end of the movie. And I like that. It really makes the monster feel, when he's on screen, he really does feel special to me. So, I think with all that, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this uh yeah I'm gonna stick with it I'm gonna give it a four out of five because I I think I was wondering if you're gonna raise it raise it Alex the four point five out of five. no I, I considered dropping it down to seven because I do think the daytime scenes lack a little bit of intrigue and I do wish that they had built I think the mishandling of Cranston's character is a huge detriment to the film I mean we don't see any emotion from Ford's character when his dad dies. And it's not because he doesn't act it out. It's because it's like the scene's missing. It's like, Mm -hmm. it's just completely gone. So the film does have its problems, but I think totally overall, I'm I'm along for the ride. I really do enjoy it. So I, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to give it a four out of five. Cool. Well, I'm sorry that I lowered it, Alex. Yeah. I mean, I kind of expected it when you didn't want to show me your score. I was just disappointed. I know I was disappointing you. I, I'm sorry. Well, I, you know, I, I do genuinely wonder, and I was, th- I was thinking about this after our first recording, Eric. <laughs> like, uh-huh. how much is four super heady movies before uh-huh. this? How much has that affected our view of this one? Like, if we had watched yeah. this in the middle yeah. of the Showa era, would he, would we have absolutely loved it? You know. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's a reasonable That's question to ask, and maybe something we can revisit a, wa- a ways from now. Yeah. <laughs> no, no doubt, no doubt. It really, it, it, it's the thing with watching these films in a series. As I've said before, I've gone back now and I've watched a few other random ones that I wasn't so high on the first time. They were so much better the second time around in <laughs> isolation. So that could easily happen with this one. Yeah. Awesome. So. What, Alex, are we watching next week, man? Yeah, so next week we are watching Godzilla, King of the Monsters, which is going to be, sadly... That one's, that one's from 1956, right? Is that is that right? Yep, that's the, the one. The that's the one. We're going to start oh, all over and watch all the American versions before we get to the newest movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not really. We're not really. We're watching the new King of the Monsters. Yes. A, a film that pretty much has received, you know universal praise and acclaim from fans and critics alike, Alex. Yeah, there's no gray area on this one, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I know you think because of my critique of of this film, I may not like the next one, but honestly, I I go into each of these. I try to have as much of an open mind as I can um, with them, and I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I could hate it, but... You could. I might love it. You might love it. I don't know. if uh, You won't love it, but you know what? I, I'll save it for You're next time, I but I have a great right. time watching this, this next movie. Love it. I think it's fun. Do you have a rhyme for us for next week, Alex? <sighs> Give me just a second. Cause uh, dear listeners, last time I did this, I rhymed monsters with monsters. So that's how bad it was. Um, <laughs> you want me to go first? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> I've heard King of the Monsters was fun, but does it provide the pun or does it just make me want to run? Mm. Alex, my hun. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. You didn't have that yesterday, did you? (laughs) 
That's pretty funny. I like that. Oh, man. All right. All right. Uh, in the next movie, All the Monsters Attack, does King of the Monsters feel like a snack? Or does it make me want to take a nap? Or should I just give up on this rap? <laughs> <laughs> That was, you know, you're not, listeners aren't going to believe it, but that was better than yesterday. <laughs> I thought you were going to give me kudos for doing that off the top of my head way better. Oh. I did. I did give you kudos. Okay. It was better. With, with a backhand. With a backhand. <laughs> you can follow us online on Twitter at Twitter at MVM underscore pod on Letterboxd, Alex Cornette and Eric Neely. And you can email us mvmpod at gmail.com. Until next week, try to stay You put this, uh, Eric. Eric, you put this the yeah. same score as Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla too. I want you yeah, to. I, think, I want you to marinate on that. I want to. Mar- I want you to think about that. No, I didn't. <clears throat> Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Did you? Two, did you give it a four? I gave it two star. Ah. Oh. So this is this is a half a better than Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla two. So you, you need to think. It's also half a star better than Godzilla ninety eight. <laughs> Oh my god, that's pretty bad. Hmm. Yeah, Neely was questioning my judgment too. So. <laughs> <laughs>